Hello and welcome. You are listening to an informed take on current events brought to you by law students and staff of Queen's University Belfast. This is LawPod. Hi everyone and welcome to LawPod. This is the second in our PhD mini-series where we get to know some of the PhD researchers currently here in the School of Law and I'm joined today by NCAM. Hi NCAM. Hi. Thanks for being here. You're welcome uh, So today we're just going to learn a little bit about uh, NCAM and who she is and how she came to her topic and then a little bit about her PhD journey so far. Mm-hmm. So if just by introduction you could tell us a little bit uh, about yourself and what your topic is here. Okay. My name is Inkem, Inkem Itani. Um, I am from Nigeria and um, I am a second year PhD student here at Queen's. Um, the title of my research is um, Sanctions for Copyright Infringement in the Film Industry in Developing Economies. I am taking Nigeria as a case study. Um, I have been an academic in Nigeria for a, a couple of years and I have been involved in the teaching of intellectual property law and during the course of my teaching um, I realized that we do have a robust and thriving film industry in Nigeria. As a matter of fact, statistics show um, that Nigeria is the third largest film industry in the world as regards film produced. Now, this um, um, figure was brought out by the United Nations Educational, Cultural and Scientific Organization, UNESCO. And um, Nigeria only falls behind um, India's Bollywood and um, Hollywood. So we got our own name, Nollywood. But for some reason, Nigeria film industry is not well known on the global pace. And I, I, when I came to Queen's, the first roundtable we had with fellow PhD students who said, introduce yourself, your topic. And I asked them, how many of you know about the Nigerian film industry? And only one person actually has actually heard about the Nigerian film industry. And um, it really got um, me thinking um, that it's not only, you know, in Nigeria that we don't really appreciate our film industry but worldwide we are not well known and i i realized that this question the reason why this might be might be reasons of of, um, piracy and enforcement of the rules of piracy so that is our hypothesis that is our our research question is piracy the reason why we, we are not well known around the world and so this research is actually to test that hypothesis and see um uh, what i'll come up with in um conducting my research how would could you explain that a little bit more how piracy could be resulting in nigerian film not being more well known well nigerian film industry the the main problem about our industry is that when we when the films are produced we have several copies that come up to the market and after the first few hundred the rest that are sold 
are pirated copies and these are even openly pirated copies. Now, this um, uh, the film industry has been researched from other areas, um, social sciences and film, in, film studies, and uh, but little has been done from the legal perspective and that's why I wanted to contribute to that. But going having a conversation with a researcher um, in uh, who had done his study, he had his PhD on, on um, Nigerian film industry, but from the film studies perspective, he told me that he went to an open market in Italy to buy a Nigerian film when he started his research because he just wanted to watch a Nigerian film and know what it was all about. And so um, at that point in time, the movie he he picked up from the Italian market was actually a pirated copy. And so this issue of piracy, you can call it a double-edged sword. I mean, if if not for the pirated copy, he wouldn't have had knowledge of the of the. Um, of the industry. So we have this conflicting issues that is piracy really, that's why at some stage, actually the stage I am on right now in my research is trying to understand the piracy question and to establish whether piracy in itself is economically harmful to the film industry. Now in doing that, I will have to look at the impact from several aspects or several perspectives. I have to look at the impact, for example, on DVD and um, DVD sales. I have to look at the impact on cinema and box office sales. I have to look at the impact of piracy on streaming and downloading. It's only then will I be able to say, well, really, piracy is economically harmful or not to the industry now these studies are from from the US from the from the from from the United Kingdom and from all over the world so when i look at these studies i'll be able to interpret them and put them into the nigerian perspective the lessons learned the trends and i'll be able to actually understand the piracy question after looking at the literature and be able to answer my questions so it sounds like you need to gather a fair amount of data then both about you know the impact of piracy but also Nigeria and the films being produced there what kind of methodological challenges have you faced yes um the methodological challenges I have faced number one there's so because there's the um, the research is not so robust as it is as at now so after doing the initial DEX-based analysis, I have to combine it with a qualitative analysis. I have to go back home to the stakeholders in Nigeria and conduct um, a, a, a semi-structured, in-depth interviews with certain stakeholders. I have to um, have interviews with the producers, the directors, the film, um, the film stars, the, the actors of the actual movies, the marketers. I will have to have interviews with... Um, some law academics. I also have to have interviews with the um, government representatives. Now, we have um, uh, a parasitical called the Nigerian Copyright Commission. Now, it will be necessary to have an interview with the director general or his representative. Right now, the um, the law we have in on copyright in Nigeria is the 19th 
88 Act. So it's been a while. So we have a draft bill before the National Assembly. So um, having these interviews with them, we, 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 I will be able to understand how they, they feel the law should be framed, how policy should be changed accordingly. And I'll, I'll, I'll hopefully be able to put that into my research and make my, my recommendations accordingly. Okay. And, it, you know, you said you were in your second year now, mm -hmm. uh, but you still have a fair way to go. But maybe what has been most interesting or surprising in what you've learned so far? Yes. Um, when I started, I my supervisors wanted me to go and have um, a, a look into the history of the film industry. And I realized even as a Nigerian, I didn't really know so much about the film industry. I mean, it dated way back. You know, I, I would be able to establish three levels of film. We had the pre-colonial, we had the, the what we call the um, original Nollywood, and now we have the other part of um, a new Nollywood, as it's so-called, so and the digital Nollywood. So these are the issues I thought I took for granted. Oh, I know the film industry but I mean having doing it make going into a research into the film industry was surprising also I had to have had to um, uh, develop and research into the history of copyright law in Nigeria I have taught copyright for a while in Nigeria and I there are so many things that I didn't advert my mind to as I that this research opened me to that you know there are things that you take for granted from the pre-colonial era up to now why why did the, for example, how come the 1970 Act came up when it did? I just, well, it's 1970 Act, but going into the research, I, I, there were answers which I surprised me because I felt this is my area. I should be, be able to know it. But you no, know, with the questions raised by my supervisors, I was able to do an in-depth research and understand these things even more. That sounds incredible. It sounds like you're getting a really textured understanding of an area that's maybe just not really understood in Nigeria or outside of Nigeria. Exactly so. Wow. Very true. Um, more broadly, I guess, what has been your experience of starting this PhD journey? You know, what what kind of has been surprising or unsurprising about starting life as a PhD student? Yeah. Number one, um, because I, I had a, like an educational break, so I, I, I taught and I did my master's in um, in um, London, actually, University College London many years ago, almost 20 years ago. And so... Coming back to sitting down and doing research, being on the other side of the table was was humbling. And I was like, okay, there are many things I do not know and I have to just learn, you know. So I I've had, I made sure I was able to go to as many training sessions as I could to be able to improve myself. And also because I, I, I'm a mom and I was coming to, to this country with um, four children, Three of them are teenagers and one is a preteen. I needed um, a place where I will be safe. You know, I, it was important to me that uh, I, will ha I can be in, at Queen's conducting my research and my children could walk to school, come back from school and they are safe. I mean, Queen's offered that. I mean, a Queen's owned accommodation, which is has 24-7 um, security personnel covering it. So for me, that was a very pleasant surprise because I, I just good online accommodation but I didn't know it was going to be that secure so that for me was a pleasant surprise. The the other surprise um, was as I said uh, being one of the oldest in the class. I mean my my my, my um, fellow researchers are straight from 
LLB, LLM, straight to PhD. So they, most of them are a lot younger than I am. But it's been a, it's, it's been a, an awesome journey, I must say, because um, in my group uh, we have a way of coming together. We make good friends, so we we have uh, we have time for one another for the support. The support I get from my um, um, my other researchers it has been good. That's great. And it's really heartening to hear that and that you're having a positive experience. Yes. What advice might you give someone who is listening and maybe considering a PhD themselves? Um, I would advise that you can do this at any stage, at any time. For me, um, life-work balance was important. It was There was a stage where I needed to um, step back from the education and face um, my family. And, um, and I've, I'm back to education and it, it, it is really good. And it's it's it it helps because um, you have the experience of all the years, which you you can't take that away. You 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 use it to improve yourself. I, my oldest daughter wants to come to Queens. Just on Friday, we went to um, the Royal Court of Justice, and we witnessed the swearing in of twelve new um, Queen councils, and two of them were women. And I turned to her. You see, you can achieve anything at any age, even if you are a woman. So all that um, it's it's. It's encouraging for anyone who is thinking of um, or you want to go straight from um, LLB, LLM, straight to PhD, or you, you've had a break and you have kids and you want to do it. And I think it's all about a balance. Set your goals and I think you can achieve it. Thank you. And just because we've been talking about Nollywood and, you know, as you reflected on yourself, people may not be aware of the films that are coming out of Nigeria. Are there any films that you would recommend for someone that wants to learn more about this? Yes, I would recommend Lionheart. It's on Netflix. Um, it was actually the first um, original brought by Netflix, and it, it showed um, uh, it, the, the the theme. It's a, it's a feel good movie. You know, it's the how our Nigerian background affects women in business. And I, I, I understand that it's the same way in Ireland. Women are, are like, you stay home, you take care of the family. Um, but this film showed that a, a woman could take over her father's business and succeed. So Lionheart is a good movie to go watch. Brilliant, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming and talking to us and best of luck with your PhD journey. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to LawPod. You've been listening to an informed take on current events brought to you by the law students and staff at Queen's University Belfast. This episode was produced by Richard Somerville. Our theme music is by Colonel Chocolate and the Justice Triangle. LawPod is funded by the Queen's University Law School. Thanks to Inke Matani for visiting us today and telling us about her PhD research. Please follow us on Twitter at QUB LawPod and you can learn more about us at lawpod.org. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Rachel Killeen, and this was LawPod.